0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is a special podcast we have today, trying to get to the bottom of, of one of the most debated topics when it comes to Carolina basketball. It's been on Twitter. It's been on the message boards. I hear it's even been in the alumni basketball group chat. It's which national championship team is better from UNC 2005 or 2009. Joining me on the line so they can both present their cases for their respected teams. It's 2005 national champion, Jawad Williams, 2009 national champion. Dion Thompson. Guys, thank you both for joining me. And before we get into this debate, you know, how are you guys doing as our overseas Tar Heels during this pandemic? Kind of like where are you guys playing and how are you guys kind of managing the situation?
2: Um, I'm over in Spain right now, in Malaga, Spain, which is the, the south. And um, we, we've we currently been on um, lockdown going on 16 days now. Uh, the coronavirus is pretty bad in, in Madrid. And um here in Malaga, it's not as bad, but um, they're just doing the best they can to manage it. So um, as everybody knows, all the leagues around the world have been postponed. So ours is postponed right now until April 24th, um, obviously. But as things look right now, that date doesn't look um, realistic for us to pick back up. So I think the, the league is definitely has to meet again to try to push that date back further. But um, as of now, my wife is here with me in Malaga and uh, we're just holding down the fort in the house, it's going on day 16.
1: What about you, Jawad?
2: For me, I'm in Utsunomiya uh, in Japan.
3: It's about 45 minutes from Tokyo. Uh, life has been fairly regular here. Things haven't really slowed down much. People have still been out and about. Uh, schools have closed for a little while. I think they're, they just now opened back up. Uh, we had a two-week postponement in our season. Then we came back, attempted to play for a weekend we play back-to-back every weekend we attempted to play uh we ended up playing one game the second game our opposing team decided it was a health risk for them to play for whatever reason but uh so then the league postponed us again for two weeks and just found out today that they're canceling our league altogether so we're done for the year
1: with basketball being such a huge part of both your guys lives like what are you guys kind of doing to pass the time uh jawad what about you first?
3: Uh, For me, I'm still in the gym. Uh, We've been practicing and everything like regular. We have uh, workouts every day. So I've been going in, staying in the gym, working out, lifting weights. You know, like my season is going to pick back up. Like I said, just today we found out. But, um, I mean, I'm just a gym rat, so I'll probably continue to be a gym as long as I'm in Japan. I know when I get to the States, things will change. Uh, i probably have to sit down for a little while. But other than that,
2: nothing's really changed over here um over here on my end uh yeah like i said we're 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 locked down i mean so our our team has provided us like they brought weights and uh different type of materials that we can work out in in our house so basically we actually received uh like a stationary bike today that they have been trying to get to us for a while they just have trouble with the company to sterilize the bikes and have a company that can actually deliver them because there's no one working at this this time, only like hospitals and grocery stores. So um, right now we're just getting these in-home workouts and uh, trying to stay in the best shape that you can with being inside the house.
1: Glad to hear that both of you guys are both doing well among this, uh, this crazy time that we're kind of having these unprecedented times. But before we break down your two teams, I wanted to take a quick moment to remind everyone about Johnny T-Shirt. Now more than ever, as a local business to Chapel Hill, Johnny T-Shirt needs your support. Last week, it was a hoodie sale. This week, they are currently running a sale on T-shirts. Johnny T-Shirt has such a wide variety of tees that I'm sure they're going to have one that you or someone in your life will want. And if you don't need a shirt now, you could still support Johnny T-Shirt by visiting them online at johnnytshirt.com and purchasing a gift card because let's be honest, We know Tar Heel fans, they're going to want more Carolina gear in the future. So that gift card will come to use eventually. They need your support as alumni to the university during these trying times. And don't forget, inside Carolina, premium subscribers save 10% off their orders. All right, now getting to why you guys are here. It's the 2005 versus 2009 debate. Court is in session as we try to get a final verdict on which team was indeed better. So I thought you should each get a chance to make a brief opening statement on why you believe your team is the best. Jawad, you could start.
3: Oh, man, I don't know exactly where to start. Uh, I think we were just a super talented team. We were big, fast, strong. Uh, We didn't lack much um, in any position. Our bench was extremely strong. You think about it, we had uh, Marvin Williams coming off the bench, as well as David Noel and Rayshon Terry, Quentin Thomas, Melvin Scott. We had guys that could have went anywhere else and played big minutes in college basketball. But uh, that was the biggest thing for us. We were deep, fast, big, and strong. And uh, overall, just a very tough team. So I think that alone gives us a, gives us the edge over
2: 2009. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I we can I can say basically pretty much all those same things. I think we, along besides the talent factor, I think what happened to us the year before in two thousand eight, losing in that final four, um, going to Jawad's class. I don't know where they the year before. I think you guys finished fifth in the ACC. I'm not sure what you did in the NCAA tournament. But I just think that we had enough driving force to drive us to want to be national champions. The way we lost to Kansas in 2008 was crazy. Down almost 20 at half. Fought back. Cut it within five. So that was just enough fuel right there. And then then we added guys like Ed Davis. We added Tyler Zeller, both McDonald's All-Americans. Um, Larry Drew, I think, was also part of the incoming class who ended up leaving. So our bench Outside of our starting five, is just as well. We had another McDonald's All-American senior, and Bobby Fraser, um, Will Graves, who, who who contributed a lot during that time. So, outside of our starting five, we had a deep bench as well. Um, and I think that the biggest thing that how you can break this down is like, like you use these names that you use on your bench, but you got to think about how they contributed during that time. You can't think about how those players evolved after that year in 2005. Or same for us as well. Just look at how they contributed during those years and during that time. And I think that gives us the edge over over 2005.
1: Both compelling opening statements. I was wondering, you know, we, we don't have the privilege of kind of seeing the UNC alumni basketball group chat. How active is that chat when it comes to debates like 05 versus 09? Because I heard it's been kind of picking up recently.
2: Uh, I think it's always going to be a pretty hard debate to, to debate, just like when it comes to any of the, the best when you try to compare them. Um, everybody's always going to have their biased opinions. Um, but it, it has been picking up, and people are putting their, their point of views out there. Um, but I think the, the one question you've got to ask, what determines, like, what is the one factor that determines that, though, yes, that is the best team? If you can create a, quest, a question or question for that, then I think it'd be easier to
1: answer. I wanted to look at this going position by position where you guys kind of have your teammates back and say why you think they'd win the matchup when we look at the starting five. So starting with the point guard matchup, you know, North Carolina has been known for having some of the best point guards to ever come through college basketball. And right away you get a matchup that could easily decide how this game plays out. It's 5 Raymond Felton versus O nine, Ty Lawson. Jawad, why do you think Raymond Felton would get the better in that kind of matchup? Uh
3: I won't say he was just flat out dominate Ty. I might have to call that matchup a tie. Just because um, both of those guys were super fast, explosive. They did a great job of running their teams. So that matchup right there is a tie. And like Dion pointed out earlier, you can't say you can't talk about what they were after they left Carolina. We talk about who they were while they were at Carolina and Ray was by far one of the best players in the country at that time. So I'm, that matchup right there is a tie.
2: Yeah, that's obviously it's one of the toughest matchups, obviously. I mean, with your point guard being your most important position on the floor, uh, definitely it, it, it's it's pretty equal. I mean, I believe that year Ty was ACC Player of the Year. Uh, he won Bob Cousy, like the point guard award, and the fastest dude I ever seen with a basketball, hands down. So... And and obviously everybody knows how great Ray was when he was in school in that year and how he led his team. So it, it's really tough to, to go to to see how, how that matchup would go it's based on any night. You never know if somebody has a bad night, a good night, and that matchup can go anyway. But I agree with Watt, it's, it's, it's pretty much a tie.
1: What about when you move over to the shooting guard position and you get 05 McCants uh, versus, uh, versus 09 Wayne Ellington-Jawad? Rashad,
3: hands down. Um, Rashad was by far one of the most talented players I've ever played against. Nobody can stop him from scoring the ball on any level. Um, I tell people all the time, regardless of what you might feel about Rashad as a person or anything, you can't deny his talent. Um, He can post up. He can use either hand. He can finish with either hand. He can shoot from deep. Whatever you needed him to do offensively, he can do it, and nobody can stop him. I mean,
1: that's just the facts. Dion, what's the case for Wayne? It's
2: a tough matchup. I mean, Rashad is obviously easily could have been one of the most talented Tar Heels in the last 10 to 20 years to come through there. Um, but I've, I've, I've got to go with Wayne just because that's my guy, obviously. I mean, the, the matchup's tough. It, it really is. Um, Wayne t- is an unbelievable shooter. I mean, and you think about the style of play of Carolina basketball. I mean, how often were you posting up your shooting guard? So when you say he can play in the post, he can do all that. And the style of Carolina basketball, I, I just didn't. I don't see him posting up, taking way down into Wayne into the block and posting up and using his size and strength, which Rashad does have that advantage over Wayne. Um, Wayne is a better shooter. I think that year Wayne was averaging I I can't remember off the top of my head what he was averaging shooting, but that was our Final Four MVP. You know what I mean? So his shooting ability I would give the edge to to, to Wayne because in the style of Carolina basketball, he's going to have to shoot the ball. I mean, you got Sean May in the block, you got Wad yourself in the block. So the way that you could win that matchup for Rashad is by his physicality. But how how would you use that in a in a game? in Carolina basketball
3: system. All right, let's let me, I gotta, I got to argue that one because our team actually changed the way we had to play at Carolina. B 23, you know, you know that play, Dion. That was the designed <laughs> for two people, Michael Jordan and Rashad McCants. So that was our post-up play for Rashad. And then after that, once we get into motion, motion offense, you do whatever you want to do. So if Rashad had a mismatch, he was down there. And I really feel like our team changed the way Carolina played.
1: Jawad, you mentioned... I, I mean...
3: It...
1: Go ahead, yeah.
2: Go ahead, no, no. no. I, mean, I, I mean, that's a... I mean, I know the player, I, I obviously, that's what it's def- designed for. So, I mean, that's that's where I think the difference comes in is the physicality, the strength um, that Rashad played with. is just, in a game, if we were to play those two teams, that's, you would just have to expose that that and and we would have to figure out a way to stop it.
1: Jawad, you mentioned the public perception for Rashawn McCants and kind of his fallout with the university. Do you think that kind of plays into people's mind when they're comparing 05 and 09, not being able to separate McCants the, the person and McCants the basketball player?
3: Yeah, I do. I feel like a lot of people – cross that line and forget about who he was as a player i mean let's be honest without rashad there is no 2005 national championship um he played a big part in that and nobody can ever take that away from him so you know you got to take that out of the equation when you start talking about the team and everything like that you can't just erase his history
1: moving to the small forward position you get oh five Jackie Manuel versus oh nine nine danny green I'm going to let you start this, Dion. What's your case for Danny Green?
2: Um, I'm just going to give him his all-around productivity. Um, everybody, everybody knows how good of a defender Jackie was, and I definitely agree with that. But Danny was also a great defender, um, mm-hmm. as well as, offensively, the way he shot the ball, the way he rebounded, the uh, way he played passing lanes for steals. And once he got hot, um, he, just, he really got it going. So I, in this matchup, I, I give the edge to Danny just because the offense that he brings along with along with the defensive defensive um abilities that he had.
3: Yeah, I I, I kinda I kinda agree with that. Danny did give more all around productivity. Uh defensively, Jackie was in a class of his own. Uh defensively I don't think anybody can guard the way Jackie did um throughout his time at Carolina, but uh just all-around productivity, Danny probably has to edge there.
1: Moving to the power forward matchup to you guys, Jawad Williams versus Deion Thompson. Jawad, what's your case for, you know, why you could hold your own?
3: Well, Going back to what I said earlier, um, I felt like my style of play at the four position kind of changed the way we played at Carolina. Uh, there were not many guys before me, um, maybe a couple guys after one guy after me really that uh, changed that power forward position being able to make decisions from the top of the key, being able to shoot that trailer jump shot. Uh, That was the biggest thing for me. I never fell into that category of, oh, he's a power forward back to the basket type of player. I kind of did everything and uh, just changed the way the game was played. You know, I went inside and out and uh, I think that definitely helped us. And then when you, you can't, when you talk about the power forward position, at Carolina during our time, you can't just say to Williams versus Deion Thompson, because we kind of had a, a thing between myself and Marvin Williams, who was very similar. We played a very similar game. So I'll give the edge to the powerful, our power forwards.
2: I agree with Wad, just in the aspect of, of how the player that I was at Carolina is not the same way that I, the way that I play now, the argument that I was making about how guys were during that time. Um, the way I crashed the board and rebounded was uh, in my physicality. I think I would take that edge over Wad. I mean, I'm not saying you're weak or anything, but just saying that I think that I would have that edge in the physicality part of things. Uh, but the way Wad's shooting ability, obviously, at that time, and is is a big separating factor, which gave Sean May so much room to work inside with, with the way that Wad could spread the floor. Um and to his argument about the – I mean, obviously what, what Marv did for coming from the bench is unprecedented and, and hasn't been seen before in a long time in college basketball where you have your six men being the second pick in the draft and, and one of your – easily, I mean, could have been a starter on that team or anywhere else in the country. So um, to that counter, we did have Ed Davis who was very productive in his time coming off the bench. And – um. And how he played,
1: uh but
2: that matchup, I w- I will give a slight edge t- to 2005.
1: And then you get the center position. It's two fan favorites, the heart and soul of some of these teams. It's Sean May versus like, T, Tyler Hansbrough. Where do you guys kind of see this matchup going? Because this is one of the ones that I think fans are going to be most curious to kind of hear your guys' take on Jawad. Uh,
3: this is tough, man. Like this. This is actually tougher than the Ray and Ty argument because Sean was unbelievable in college. He can catch everything you threw to him. He can finish over either shoulder. Uh, That's tough. I'm going to have to go with a tie on that one too. Um, Tyler had an unbelievable career. Uh, His his motor was unmatched. Skill-wise, I'd say Sean was by far more skilled, but Tyler's motor was just something different. So, they both brought something different to the game. Uh, defensively, I don't think either one of them were, were dominant defensively, so I just call that one a tie.
1: What do you think, Dion?
3: I would have to – I
2: mean, given all the credit to Sean, I mean, Sean is probably one of the most influential players that had an impact on me, on how I play and how I wanted to play. And so uh, everything that Water said is, is correct, from his skill set to his hand to um, – how he played in the low post is something that I definitely looked at as a player and wanted to emulate. But I give that edge to Tyler just because the sheer will and desire of how he played the game. And I don't think there's anyone in college basketball who's had the career that he's had from a four year All-American to national player of the year to, I mean, endless accolades. And, um, I just think the sheer determination in the way that he played was, was something that I have never seen before. Even from practicing with him every day, um, it was it was it, it just rubbed off on you. It rubbed off on your teammates. When you see somebody playing that hard, it kind of just rubs off on you, and, and it, it pushes you to another level. So, skill set wise, obviously Sean takes that. But when it comes to to the hard work and and playing the game with that intensity. I'll give it to Tyler, and I think that's what separates them on the court is this how he plays.
1: Dion, do you have any instances that you can think of off the top of your head, uh, kind of going off that mindset that Tyler played with, where you kind of looked over to him like, "Wow, this guy is you know crazy," or "This guy's getting me fired up and ready to kind of run through a wall with him with his kind of drive and his uh, determination."
2: That was the kind of the it, you you like you see it on the court, but the way that his demeanor, the way he carried himself, it wasn't like the vocal type where he would say things or, or would motivate guys with his words. It was just basically just shit off of how he played the game. Um, like you have different guys who can lead by like their words and, and being very motivated with their speaking. But with Tyler, it was just pure actions. And I think that kind of speaks more volumes when guys just – can lead or impact people without even words, just by how they play the game and and carry themselves.
1: And then Jawad with Sean, so many bigs, kind of like Dion just hit on, you know, he's been so influential on their careers as bigs at Carolina. You look at guys like Bryce Johnson, Dion, uh, Tyler Zeller, uh, even Garrison Brooks this year, having the chance to work with coach May. What do you think it is about Sean where he's able to connect with so many people and kind of pass on, you know, some of the wisdom that he's learned about the game. Uh,
3: His basketball IQ, Sean is top five when it comes to basketball IQ of guys I play with first being LeBron and then Sean is somewhere in that top five of guys that I play with. His IQ is unreal. Um, He understands where to be. He understands the defense. He understands what's supposed to be happening on offense. He can, he can understand multiple positions. And uh, I think that separates him and being able to show that he's done it on a high level. um, I think those guys tend to gravitate to him.
1: Now that we looked at all the starting five matchups, one of the things Carolina basketball is known for is the summer pickup type games with the alumni. You know, what can you guys kind of tell us about how some of these matchups might've played out? Do you guys have any good stories?
2: Yeah. yeah. just, I was going to say with those guys coming back during the summertime with our class that was there, those guys coming fresh off a national championship, coming back in the summer, it, it we wanted to compete against them every day, every time they were there, from Marv and Sean, Wad, Melvin, Melvin Scott, to uh, Wes Miller, Ray Terry, Dave Mill. You know, anytime those guys were in there, we we wanted a piece of them. Like, we wanted the action. We wanted all the smoke. So to be able to compete with those guys during the summertime definitely – is a part of, I think, why we are national championship national champions in 2009, just because to compete against those guys every day, um, wanting what they had, like, to look up there and see the, their banner hanging. And they definitely let it be known when they were in the gym, like, this is what they did. So that was definitely a, a driving factor for us as well, that we wanted to, to establish ourselves as well as one of the Carolina great teams to come through there. Yeah, I think Deion yeah, touched on it. Um... You no, know,
3: they forget we molded them into what they became. We the ones who came back and got those guys ready. So they forget that part. They forget how we had we were the big brothers coming back beating them up, getting them ready for their season. It's just like it, you know, that's it, what happens at Carolina basketball. The older guys come back, beat up on the young guys, and get them ready. And uh, they forget that part. And then they won their championship, and you know they got too big for their britches, and they think they can beat us now.
1: <laughs> before before they got their championship, were, were there any moments where, you know, you kind of would point up to the rafters and be like, hey, that's that's our banner, Jawad? I mean, every, every
3: day is an argument. Every day is an argument or almost a fight. I mean, that's the great part about playing pickup games. For me, it's a competition. So every day it was something like that. But, you know, it is what it is. Once, it's, once we walked off the court, everything was forgotten about. And we just started back up the next day.
1: This is something that both of you guys kind of touched on and both of you know from personal experience that to make a deep run in March, you have to have the depth necessary for that run. Jawad looking past your starting five with Marv as your six man, and then a bench consisting of guys like Melvin Scott, David Noel, Quentin Thomas, uh, Rashawn Terry, Wes Miller. What do you think that those guys brought specifically to the table and this kind of hypothetical
2: what people fail
3: to realize it wasn't that some of those guys didn't play big minutes with us because they weren't good enough it was because we were just that talented like some of those guys were not ready to step out on the court like Rayshawn Terry was probably or is probably one of the most talented guys to come through Carolina being 6'8 can do everything strong athletic but he just couldn't really get on the floor with us there was no space for him you know Rashad at the uh, two, three, and then myself, mar Sean, there was just no space for him, but he can definitely play. And the same goes for Melvin. You know, Melvin was underrated. He was a small shooting guard, but not many can shoot the ball like Melvin could. But Rashad was there. You know, it was, always, it was always something or someone ahead of that person to help him back. Our bench was very strong. I mean, David Noel, you know, he ended up being a draft pick, but he played big parts in his later years uh, at Carolina. So it wasn't like these guys couldn't play. It was just that we were that talented that, you know, they kind of had to wait their turn.
1: Going off that point, Dion, the O nine team didn't have anybody quite at Marvin's level at that time, kind of like you mentioned before, with him going as high as uh, two in the draft. But you still had Ed Davis, you still had Marcus Ginyard, uh, Tyler Zeller, Larry Drew, Bobby Frazier, Will Graves, just to kind of round out that team. How do you think that those guys kind of help your argument?
2: I just think, obviously, with the leadership of a guy like Bobby Fraser, Marcus Finney, your upperclassmen, who at that is not about the points or the productivity, it's just about that leadership. So I so things kind of get a little rockier in the game. They can settle guys down, keep everybody together, um, and I think that going off of what Jawad said, a guy like Tyler Zeller, who was a freshman and just playing behind myself and Ty, Tyler and, and and Ed, it's just. It's tough to, to get on that floor. And like you said, later, Tyler, I think his jersey is in the rafters, I do believe, and got drafted. And so it's just that kind of wait your turn and, and just kind of um just wait your turn and opportunity kind of, kind of thing in, in those situations.
1: Now, obviously. And I think when
2: you look, look at the bench, obviously what Marvin was doing and did mm-hmm. is, is is very, is, is huge in, in determining this whole debate as well.
1: You know, now, obviously, you both had great teams coming into the season, both highly ranked. But do you guys have a moment in particular where you realize that you guys were legitimate national championship contenders, uh, starting with you, Jawad?
3: I realized it. this may seem strange, but going into my last year, going into my senior year, I knew we were going to win. I mean, if you go back and check any article or any interview or anything like that, that's all we talked about was winning the national championship. We had came so far from where we were, or especially myself, Jackie, and Melvin. As freshmen, we came so far, we knew we were going to go out on top. It was the only way to go out. And, um, you know, it, things just, we spoke into existence and it, it ended up happening. So from the very beginning, we knew that that was going to happen. Even when we tripped up on Santa Clara, first game of the year, we played without Ray. And then when we got Ray back, we knew, you know, from then on,
2: we were just going to run off as many games as possible.
1: What about you, Dion? Um,
2: I think, obviously, like, I, I think I talked about it earlier with everybody coming back after that 2008 um, Final Four. And just mm-hmm. it was just a mindset from the beginning of the year. It was like we had one goal and one, one thing in mind. I think we lost the ACC tournament that year, but we weren't even so concerned or beat up about it. I mean, we won it the year before. Um but we just rushed it off and just had a a, a focus on what we wanted and, and what we were going after. So I think from the beginning of the season, it was just a mindset and, and, um, and, and we went after it.
1: One thing I want to look at is the comparing the quality of teams that you guys played in the tournament. And starting with you, Jawad, 05, you guys played four ranked teams, um, Villanova, with Alan Ray, Randy Foy, Kyle Lowry, you played Wisconsin with Alonzo Tucker. You played Michigan State, where I'm pretty sure they had at least four NBA players, and then of course Illinois in the championship with uh, Deron Williams, D Brown. Uh, their their entire starting five went went on to the NBA from that championship team. What do you remember most about the teams you played on the way to the title?
3: I remember every game being super competitive. I mean, that's one argument. We always have that debate when we start talking to each other within our group chat, Uh, and I said it in our group chat the other day. Dion probably seen it. I said, 2009, they always talk about how they ran through the tournament and they blew everybody out. And I said college basketball at the time was watered down. And I say that because, like you just said, you just named those players and teams that we had to face to get to the championship. I mean, every round was legit. We had to play some guys, and – we had to overcome a lot to get to our our, our destination. And uh, like I said, I just feel like 2009, they, yeah, they ran through the tournament, but it's like, who did you play against to win it? You know what I mean? We faced everybody.
1: And then, Dion, when you're looking at the teams that you played, kind of like Jawad just mentioned, you played five ranked teams, uh, LSU, Gonzaga. Gonzaga, I'm pretty sure that was the year they had Austin Bay and Pargo. You played Oklahoma with Blake Griffin. You played Villanova. Uh, Now, he never made it to the NBA, but a guy like Scotty Reynolds, who was a first-team All-American and the Michigan State, of course, with Draymond Green, your average margin of victory was 20 points per game in the tournament. So, like Jawad said, you were kind of just running through every team that you played against. But what do you remember most about the teams that you played on the way to the title?
2: Um, It just wasn't as complete of teams. Like, the LSU team had Anthony Randolph, Marcus Thornton, guys who are, are NBA guys and high-level um, overseas guys now. Um, like you said, Oklahoma with Blake and his brother, and really Warren was on that team as well, we, who was, who we ended up getting drafted. So I think we just ran into teams that had players. It, it was just names of guys. But I think the reason why college basketball wasn't the same as, as a – it was in 2005 because a lot of guys were leaving to go pro early um, and not sticking around in college as long. So you didn't have those good collective group of teams. So college basketball to, I do agree that we didn't face as good of teams as the team did in uh, 2005. Cause there was a couple of times that they almost didn't even win those games, the Syracuse game, the Lenovo game, uh, one point win, two point win, something like that. So, the collective group of teams were better, but I wouldn't say that the bas like the team quality was better obviously, but there were still players in college basketball at the time.
1: When you look at the two thousand nine team, do you think it also helped the fact that, you know, you guys didn't really play anybody with a contrasting type style to you? You know, everybody was trying to run with you guys and just obviously nobody was gonna have uh, a chance if they if they try to run up and down the court with you guys.
2: But I just think that That's just the the Carolina way. We kind of want to impose our will, our style of play on you by speeding you up, denying the passing lanes so that you have to drive to the basket or try to speed you up to make you play to our pace and tempo and using our bigs to crash the offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds and control the game on the board. So at that time, was there teams that could run with us and physically match up up with us? I mean, clearly – Clearly not. Um, but I I just think that, like like I said before, it's just college basketball wasn't the same where you had complete teams, which 2005 did face against where we didn't.
1: Jawad, the 05 team, uh, I think I saw an interview one time with you where you said that you guys threw a party a birthday party for Sean May the night before the national championship was that normal for you guys to just be that loose before some of your biggest moments?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean we were, you know, pretty. We were confident. I wouldn't say we were cocky, but we were a pretty confident bunch. And uh, we understood the bigger picture was life, and uh, I think that still shows to this day the fact that we're all still very close and you know raise our kids together and everything. But. At that time, I mean, nobody. I remember we went to the the opening banquet for the Final Four, and all the other teams sitting there. You know, they mean mugging us. They looking at us crazy. They, you know, everybody got their game face on already, and we laughing and joking like, yeah, that'll be the reason they're going home right there. And then we knew at that point we were gonna run through everybody. So uh,
2: definitely, definitely did. Yeah, run. y'all, y'all definitely had a slow try. We won. <laughs> you said ran through everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> After hearing that, Dion, I'm curious, you know, what was kind of the mood like around your team throughout the tournament in 2009 when you're just kind of beating up on everybody?
2: Um, I think Coach Williams did a, a pretty good job of just keeping us real grounded. Um, just keep, like, obviously, when you're winning by such a big margin, um, I think the only time we kind of, like, had, a, like, we were trailing was in an LSU game. I think that was in the earlier rounds. But um, we just continued just to stay on the same path, like that same mindset with just like we know why we're here. We know why we're in this tournament. We know what we want. So we weren't allowing ourselves to get too high off of those moments and those wins. Um, also, Ty got injured, I believe, during the tournament where something with his toe and he kind of left, and that kind of shook us up a little bit just because, obviously, you know how important it is to have your point guard toe. So, Um, we definitely weren't getting too high after the victories, but, uh, we were definitely enjoying the moment as well.
1: All right, let's take one last quick break for a word from our sponsors. Okay, we're back. You mentioned how Coach Williams kept you grounded, and I want to stick with Coach Williams for a second, Jawad. And looking at this from a coaching perspective, how much motivation did your team have to win for Coach Williams, his first national championship, and kind of change the narrative that surrounded him at the time?
3: I mean, to be honest, that wasn't something we talked about. We wanted to win for ourselves. We had been through enough ourselves so you know it was kind of like everybody was we were in this together and um you know talking about coach williams Dion. you might have seen this in the group chat i want to say david noel said this he talked about the teams and how different we would have been under four years of coach williams versus the 0-9 team who had coach williams for four years would have been totally different and
2: my response to that is that I if you guys you wouldn't have had them, you guys just would have been real regular. Like, you would have been how you were before that. Granted, I think that oh. our team was so tam- – I mean, I can't say that. I'm not going to
3: say that. Uh, you, uh, like I said, I like I, I said, we had, you had yeah. Coach Williams four years. We had him for two years and won a national championship. So that says a lot about our group of players, first of all. I mean, because Williams did a great job of bringing us together. It was some stuff that needed to be cleaned up as a team, and he did that. And then that's what led to us winning. But, um, you know, as far as Coach Williams winning him in his first championship, that was nothing we talked about. I mean, we had been through a lot ourselves. So we just wanted to win for ourselves. And, you know, it worked out for everybody.
1: Dion, staying on the topic of Coach Williams, once he was able to win that first championship in 2005, how much do you think that helped you guys get a more experienced version of the coaching staff with Roy, CB, Coach Rob, especially returning a team, like you mentioned, that had just reached the Final Four of the previous year?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously I think Coach Williams had been there a few times in Kansas. Um, I think he ran in against that Carmelo team in Syracuse, and uh, I can't recall what other uh, Final Fours he had been to. But obviously when you're coaching for that long period of time, you definitely have some knowledge. So I don't think, like, we we ever thought about, like, coach not being able to coach us or anything like that. So, um, and yeah, I think once he did get that first one and it kind of was like a, he could let his hair down a little bit and breathe and loosen up his tie a little bit. But I think if anybody knows Coach Williams, he continues to bring that drive and that passion every day at practice. So I don't think regardless of if he won it or not, I think he still had the knowledge and a good to coach us regardless if he had won one or not.
3: Let me back. One thing that I – Deion said – Yeah, go ahead. De- Deion said without Coach Williams, we'd have been real regular. But, Deion, yeah. I don't know if you remember this or if you know, my sophomore year under Matt Doherty, we beat Kansas in, in Madison Square Garden. So I don't think that's a real regular feat right there for a team of sophomores and freshmen. To win one game, right. bro? Like – Okay. We beat Kansas. We beat Kansas with the team we had. Now that same team, he came back and inherited that same team, which got him his first championship. So no way we were regular. We just were young and we were getting better as we got older. Now he cleaned up some stuff and we were able to move on. Real regular. I got
1: okay. I don't
2: know, dog. It's
1: real. Moving. Moving on to another topic that i wanted to discuss there's this website i'm not sure if you guys have heard about but it's called whatifsports.com and you could put in historical matchups and they run this simulation of the game using their analytics to see how the game would have been played out and i simmed this matchup 20 times and 2009 won the first game but then 05 won 17 out of the 20 matchups including the last 13 Dion, what do you think about uh
2: that <laughs> i don't know man i don't know if no computer simulation can simulate the the drive the hunger the fight the desire I, I just referees
1: it's not picking up the intangibles bad
2: calls but i yeah uh, i don't there's a lot of things you got to factor into that the foul trouble that draws in because he can't box me out. There's, like, a lot of things you have to factor in when it
1: it comes to
2: something. What was the the point score spread on those games?
1: Um, I have it right here. The average margin of victory for 05 was 16, and in the three wins for 09 it was six points. But, you know, there's there's an average – the lowest score that 05 won by was one – and the highest score is they won one game, 126 to 86, so 40 points.
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know about that one.
1: Jawad, what do you I think about it?
2: I see what Deion's
3: saying. I see what Deion's saying. Like, it's hard for a computer simulation to be like, oh, this team's going to win. But I think they got it right this time. <laughs> they definitely got it right this time.
1: <laughs> if it's your argument
3: trouble, Deion talk about me being in foul trouble. They gonna have oh, to change man. their whole lineup and sit Dion and Tyler Hansborough down, and you know, because <laughs> I mean, we gonna go. If we know really Sean's wanted de- to, you know,
2: Sean's definitely in foul trouble. The man Tyler shot Sean's in foul trouble, but we wouldn't put Sean on in Tyler. We would, we would not.
3: History. We would not put Sean on Tyler. We would put either myself or Marv. And then this is this is one thing people always forget. And I brought this up in our group chat, Dion. The most, the one lineup we only had to use once was when we went big with myself, Marvin, Sean, Rashad, and Ray on the court. We only had to use that lineup once, and that's because we faced Connecticut, who had Rudy Gay, Josh Boone, Hilton Armstrong, Rashad Anderson, Marcus Williams, and I think I'm missing somebody. They had a huge lineup, and that was, I think, Charlie Villanueva. That was the only time we had to go big. That was the only time we had to go big, and if we ever had to use that lineup against anybody else, it was over, because you couldn't stop us inside or out. No. So, uh, yeah, I think the computer simulation uh, got that one right. More. We would smack y'all.
2: <laughs> I don't know about that, bro. A lot of things to factor in, dog. Lots of things to factor in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. like y'all yeah. no, couldn't stop it. You, Dion, we raised
3: y'all. You were like, It's like huh? Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi. We raised y'all. We taught y'all
2: everything y'all. But eventually, Daniel's son passes Mr. Miyagi. Eventually, it, it, the it's, the... The, the pad one passes the, the, the master, bro. It happens in everything.
3: Um, yeah, and, and when we die <laughs> until then,
1: we, we'll always be on top. <laughs> Come on, dog. The other thing that I wanted to bring to the table is a Twitter poll asking UNC fans who they thought would win the matchup, and this received over 1,300 votes, and 83% of UNC fans thought that 0-9 would win. Jawad, what do you think about the UNC fans kind of turning their back on you guys? No, that's the social no media influence.
3: They came up. They came up in the time where they were able to see these guys all over the world through social media. We came up in the time where there was no social media, so if you didn't catch us on TV well, we, or in we person. We was this
2: 2009. Hold on, was,
3: we didn't have 2009. Social, social media, media was a thing. Social media was a thing in 2009, no. Dion. So you guys were the social media. It's got started it's in like
2: 2000,
3: now, 2011. Hold on, let, let me finish. Let me finish. So it's like go now, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. where guys create a highlight tape on Instagram. You're like, man, that guy could really play. And then you see him in person, and you realize he can't play basketball. He can just dunk and put it on film. It's the same thing. They were they were the those people who are voting. We were a Twitter champions. Media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they keyboard warriors. <laughs> they didn't see us play. They're they don't know any <laughs>
1: And uh Dion, what do you what do you want to say to the eighty three percent of uh, the UNC fans that said you guys would win?
2: I, they got it right. They know they know what the deal is.
1: I, I, I don't <laughs> I
2: won't say that we grew up I don't think our team was all it it wasn't social media wasn't that big when we when I was in school. Like it just had started getting going. Like it wasn't nowhere near obviously where it is today, but it definitely wasn't so you can I don't know when Twitter was created but i' am definitely wasn't in two thousand and nine I do believe
3: that 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 is
2: true you might you might not have been on it, but
3: those people who followed y'all were on social media at the time, so they have a they have a flawed view of they still watch the, really they still watch
2: the game the same people who watched the game in two thousand watch the teams in two thousand nine watch them in two thousand and five We're not that far yeah apart.
3: you understand exactly you understand exactly what I'm saying when I'm talking about the social media generation. You can create a highlight tape and send it around the world and everybody swear you're the greatest player in the world. But at the same time yeah, you never see that person play, play, you don't know any better. So that's the same thing with you guys. Two thousand nine, the people are voting and on social media like that. You know, I'm from a little bit of an older generation. People I know are probably still on Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, come on, we've been past that. Oh, on,
2: but God. you know We're not social that media wrong. people. We're not vote. That
3: yeah, we are. Right. We are. <laughs>
1: Wrapping up the podcast, at the end of the day, it's all love in the UNC basketball family, and it's a good problem that we can even have these kind of discussions. So to close the podcast, I wanted you each to say something nice about the other team filling in the blank. So, Jawad, we'll start with you. The O nine 9 team would beat the O five 5 team if? If
3: the O five 5 team never existed. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Those guys, those guys will win. Yeah. Uh, no, they wouldn't. There's nothing I can say. I'm not gonna lie. I'm sorry. They would never be. <laughs> can't, can't lie for you.
1: Dion, do you want to take the higher road and fill in the blank? If the 5 I think, team would be I 9 if.
0: If
2: there is no if, I think that everybody knows. I, I think you know. I think Coach Williams knows. I think the real all the Tar Heel fans know who wins this matchup? So, there's nothing that I even need to be said because we all know the truth.
1: I feel like that's something Coach Williams kind of keeps close to his chest, almost kind of like, you know, who's your favorite child? Has he ever given either one of you guys hints, you know, which team he thinks was better?
2: I was just going to say, I never asked. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, in my mind, if like, what comments or or statements he is, he's made, like, that I've heard, like, being around, but, I um I I don't think uh, I've ever asked that question to be honest.
3: Jot. Ju- yeah, I, I never asked either. I, I don't think I don't think anybody has ever flat out just asked him. I mean, he's made comments about each team and <laughs> things like that. Like for us he always talked about how tough we were you know, you know, mentally and physically, but nobody's ever flat out asked him. But I'm pretty sure he'll pick us. I mean, where first.
1: <laughs> I think nobody's asked him because they know he'll he'll just own you in the press conference and not give you an an actual answer.
3: That's true. That's true.
0: Oops.
1: But, uh, you know, I don't want to take up any more of your guys' time, so I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining me. I'm not sure we're any closer to answering this hypothetical, but I had a great time talking UNC basketball with you both. Yeah, most definitely, I Appreciate man. it. Thanks, Thanks for having you. us.
3: Thank you, guys. Wow, travel home safely, man. Travel home safely, dog. All right, man. I'll see you soon.